Well, uh, before we get into the teaching of the word, um, I know there's nobody here uh, physically in this building, just a couple of us, uh, but why don't you, if you have the, the chat uh, option open on our YouTube channel, why don't you go ahead right now and say hello uh, to a few people in there. Um, if you don't have that up, uh, you can minimize uh, the box um, and, and, and chat in there, maybe throw up an emoji, a hey, hello, and I'll do the same. I'll wave to this camera and just say, uh, it's so good uh, to have you with us today. Uh, happy New Year. Uh, well, again, uh, good morning. I wanted to say good morning, Freedom Village family. Uh, and I've already said it, but I'll say it again. Happy New Year. Uh, we finally, finally have made it to 2021. Uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure the majority of us are, are happy to be here uh, and out of 2020. Amen. Uh, but yeah, it's a new year. It's a new year, which means here in Korea, uh, we all aged up a year as well. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you find this hard to believe. Uh, but this is the sixth year in a row uh, that I'm now turning 30 here in Korea. And so uh, I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, but again, happy new year. And I guess if you're here with us in Korea, uh, happy birthday uh, to you as well. Uh, I also want to say uh, that I, I hope you're able to spend a fruitful time uh, of reflecting and considering your ways uh, last Sunday or perhaps on another uh, day this past week when you were able to check out the service. Um, I received so much positive feedback from that gathering, our Reflection Sunday, uh, and I was just so glad, so glad to hear how much of a blessing that was uh, to you for going into this uh, year. You know, the beginning of a new year is always an interesting time. Uh, it's a time of hitting the reset button. It's a time of new beginnings. It's a time of hope. Uh, it's a time when uh, every commercial or advertisement uh, that comes up on YouTube, it's all about like joining a gym, uh, how you can and should be eating healthier, uh, or, and how you can break bad habits and develop new ones for a better you. Uh, it, it's a time where everyone is talking about their goals for the year, uh, our New Year's resolutions, right? And I don't know about you, uh, but I've certainly set quite a few of those over the years. Uh, there was the time that I resolved to lift weights uh, four to five times a week. Uh, it didn't last. Uh, another year, I decided I wanted to cut soda uh, out of my diet. Uh, I didn't. Actually, I had uh, Coke last night. I remember another year uh, I made a goal uh, to keep a daily journal. Uh, I even took the next step because I'm like, I got to do this. Uh, I bought a really nice sort of leather bound journal, got a nice pen too. I think I wrote in that thing uh, for like four or five days. It's still on my bookshelf. Uh, And certainly, okay, certainly though, there have been other goals that I've made that I've kept And maybe you've experienced a little bit of both of those things as well. Some keeping of goals, uh, some some failure. Uh, But regardless, regardless, uh, setting goals and working towards them uh, is a good thing. You know, I believe uh, the Bible even advocates for that. That it tells us that we, we ought to be intentional about the way that we live our lives. 
For example, the Apostle Paul uh, had this goal set for himself. Look at Philippians chapter 3. It's verses uh, 12 through 14. He said this, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And if you're a follower of Jesus watching here with us uh, today, I believe that should be your life goal as well, to become more like Jesus to leave other things behind so that you can be more like him, to press on towards the goal of Christ's likeness, living for him. That should be our number one priority. You see, we all have goals and we all have priorities, whether we have them uh, written down or, or don't even realize that we have them. We all have them. We do. But this is far and away, far and away the most essential goal to make Jesus first and foremost in our lives. It's, it's critical. It's vital. You see, if, if, if Jesus isn't first for you, you'll never, you'll never truly flourish in this life. You'll never experience the joy uh, that you were meant to experience. You'll always be left discontent, empty-handed, and desiring more. And I'll say this as well. uh, Putting Jesus first, it's really hard. It's really hard. And there are a couple couple big reasons for that, I think. Uh, First of all, I think we all understand this, but there are so many other things in our world that are competing for our hearts. Right? There are, are so many distractions so many other things that we need to do or that the world uh, tells us that we're supposed to do. We are so, so busy. And there are so many temptations as well, right? So many things compete for our hearts. And those things are not all bad things, but even good things, good things like work, school, and family can replace Jesus if we aren't careful and attentive with how we live. And the problem with that is, the problem is when other things take the place of Christ in our life, when other people or things get first priority, or when we put ourselves first in our lives, what ends up happening is that those things just sort of naturally start to sit on the throne of our lives. And again, we can sit on the throne of our own life as well. And when that happens, when that happens, when things other than Jesus sit on the throne of our hearts and lives, when Jesus isn't first and foremost, that's again where we're stress, lack of contentment, striving, worry, hopelessness, a lack of joy, all those things and many more start to creep into our lives, into our hearts. And maybe worse, 
We might even start to become defined by those things because we've prioritized, depended on, looked to someone or something other than Jesus that can never give us the desires of our heart. You see, if we want to flourish in this life, if we want 2021 to be all that it has the potential to be, we have to put Jesus first this year and always. And so that's where we're going to start 2021 together. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about how we make Jesus number one in 2021. I didn't rhyme that on purpose. How we make Jesus number one in 2021. How do we put Jesus first? So if you have your Bibles with me, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to be in verse 15 through 17 today. We'll be a couple other places in Scripture as well, but mostly in the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. I believe these verses are going to give us some answers uh, this morning. This is what God's Word says. Let's read it together. The Son is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. And in him all things hold together. Well, I first want to start with the the why today, with the why. Why do we, or why should we, put Jesus first? As we look back at verse 15, we see Paul tell us here that Jesus is the image of God and the firstborn over all creation. That idea of image there, uh, it means that Jesus is the exact likeness of God. Or you could say he's the mirror image of God. He is God's reflection. That's why Jesus said in John 14, during his his earthly ministry, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And that's why we can also say that if you know Christ, if you know Christ today, if you know Jesus, if you know about his character, you know about his, his teachings, then you also know God. See, Jesus coming to earth and living as a man, which we just spent uh, the whole last month celebrating together, made the invisible God visible. That's what Paul says here. And then he adds to that, that Jesus is the firstborn over all creation, which simply indicates uh, Jesus' priority in time and his authority in rank, his priority in time, and his authority in rank. Let me explain that just a little further. What Paul is saying here is that that Jesus existed before all creation. And with that, or or because of that, he is also over all creation in authority. And so this is really important This is not saying that Jesus was the first created being, okay? That's actually uh, what is taught by people or, or groups of people like the Jehovah's Witnesses, right? That Jesus was the first created being. They take that 
from here. This is one of the places they get that from. But that's not what this text is saying at all. Because we see clearly in verses 16 through 18 that Jesus existed before all things. And actually that he, he, Jesus, is the creator himself. Look again at verse 16. It says it right there. For in him all things were created. So through Jesus, by Jesus, or Paul says, in Jesus, in him, all things, in every place, of every kind, and of every rank, it all originated with him. You might say it this way, Jesus then, Jesus is the architect of creation. He's the architect, he is the builder, and he is the owner of the entire universe. All things have been created in him, by him, and for him. And therefore, he, Jesus, is superior to all. He is the Lord. And so why should we put Jesus first and foremost in our lives? Why do we put Jesus first as the number one priority? Because that is actually his rightful place. Jesus is first and foremost. He is above and over all things. He is first in order and importance. So the question isn't, the question isn't, should Jesus be first? Or, or does Jesus deserve to be first? Look at what, again, Paul says here. He says so much. Jesus is the creator of everything in both heaven and earth. He is the pre-existent one, the sustainer of everything. He's before all things, before all things, meaning that Jesus is preeminent, right? That he surpasses all others. There's no one like him. It means that he is the most distinguished one. And so you and I don't make Jesus first. He is first. That's an established fact. And so again, the real question is, is just this, is he first in your life? Have you put him in his rightful place? Have you submitted to him as the preeminent one, as the Lord of all? Does he sit on the throne of your life? Is he your first priority? Because that is where and what he deserves to be. And let's just be clear uh, on this as well before we, we move on. What do I even mean by putting Jesus first? Because I don't want any confusion here. It's actually really, really simple. Not simply uh, to do. Okay, It's not simple to do, putting him first. But it is simple, I think, to understand. It just means that, that you acknowledge Jesus as the ultimate authority in your life. And that you voluntarily give the control of your life to him. Jesus as your first priority just means that he is in control. It, It means that you no longer independently run your own life. And instead, you now desire to surrender your whole self to Jesus and to follow his lead. And so again, again, this is about who or what sits on the throne of your life. This is a lordship issue. 
It's about who's the king of your heart and whatever is first for you, whatever first for you right now sits in that place. And so ask yourself, ask yourself with me today, is that Jesus? Is that Jesus? Is he first? And if not, what or who is? So we've talked about why we put Jesus first and a little bit about what that actually means. But now let's consider the how, the how, how, how do we put Jesus first? How do we put him first? Let's look again at verse 17. Paul, again, he said this, he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. Paul says, Jesus is first. He is preeminent. He surpasses all others. He is of first importance. But then we also see here, Paul says that Jesus is in all things, that he holds everything together. Jesus is in everything. And the problem I think so many of us run into, uh, myself included, is that we have a tendency to, to separate our relationship with Jesus with the other areas of our lives. And that's actually really problematic if we want to make Jesus first. Uh, let me show you what I, what I mean by that. Uh, I asked somebody uh, ahead of time to help me with this, but just for their own privacy, uh, I won't share who, who that is. Uh, but I picked someone who I consider to be a pretty busy person. Uh, he has a full-time job. Uh, he helps another church. Okay, so you, you're not going to figure out who this is. It's nobody who belongs to Freedom Village. Uh, he, he helps another church um, where he volunteers uh, there several hours a week. Uh, on top of that, he is married and has young kids. All right, And so this guy has quite a bit going on in his life. Right? I think, that's why I picked him, I think he qualifies as somebody who is uh, fairly busy. But I also think uh, that his life is relatable to a lot of us as well. And so what I did, what I did was I asked him uh, to list out his priorities for me. Uh, I just asked him, give me like your top five priorities, top five priorities in your life. And I didn't tell him uh, what I was going to be doing with this information. And so this is what he gave me. This is what he gave me. Take a look at this. Um, he listed out his priority for me. Um, he got the first one right. I think we're all to agree with this, right? He said Jesus, right? Jesus is number one. And then for number two, he said his family. Number three, he said his church, all right? So at least from my view, he's on the right track. Number four, he says work. Maybe some of you are like, whoa, work. Uh, is four because notice work uh, number five is his friends. So his work, his career, his job was a priority over his friendships. And then number six, he, he wanted to give me a little bonus there. So he threw an exercise, right? Just so, you know, he looks like he's active and he's got other things going on. Um, but he gave me six, even though I asked for five. But again, pretty basic, right? Pretty basic here, reasonable. And again, I, I think mostly relatable uh, to a lot of us. Right? I, I hope that the majority of us, at least, uh, would say that Jesus is first, priority number one, or at least that we want him to be 
first. Uh, but, then, but then what we did, I did from there is I asked him uh, to take me through his normal everyday schedule, okay? Uh, I just asked him, like, just tell me, like, what would a typical Monday look like for you and your life? And, and this is what he came up with. I hope that you can see this on the screen. I've got a whole chart up here for you I put together. There's a lot, of, a lot of words and things, but hopefully you can follow along. Pretty simple. He just gave me his Monday schedule. All right? The priorities are on the top. And then he says, okay, wakes up at, wakes up at seven and has breakfast, really quick breakfast. Then from there, he moves into his quiet time. At the same time, a lot of times he says he, he's on the treadmill doing a little bit of exercise. Uh, and then uh, before work, because he's got to get to work, but he spends a little bit of time with his family, his kids, playing with his kids, and then he's getting ready quick. And then he's got to commute, gets in his car, commutes about 30 minutes to work, and then he works from, you can see it there, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., so a long day of work. And then he commutes back home, and that commutes just a hair longer uh, than, than the way going into work, all that traffic he's got to fight. But you can see he, he arrives home around 6.45 p.m., and at that time, uh, he's, he's ready for dinner. Uh, sometimes he said, okay, he's going to have that with his, just his family. Other times, going to be with his family and, and, and some family friends. And then an hour goes by or so. And again, this is all rough estimate, but kids' bedtime, 7.45 p.m., and that's an ordeal, right? There's washing up and, and baths and, and, and fighting with diapers and, uh, you know, putting the kids down and putting them down again and putting them down again. Some of you have been there. Um, But then roughly around 8.30 p.m. to 11.30 p.m., that's, he just called it open time, all right? Open time. It depends on the night, depends on what's going on. Sometimes he's just spending that time with his wife. Other times, you know, he's watching TV or a movie with his wife um, or alone, whatever, watching a, a football game. Um, or sometimes he's got other work to do, and so he's, he's catching up on, on work maybe from that, that, that day or um, just things that he missed or he's got to do for the next day. But then 11.30 p.m., this is the last thing on the schedule here, uh, in this 30-minute window, he's reading a book, uh, at least trying to, he said, uh, praying and then falling asleep, and sometimes he's praying and then falls asleep, all right? And so uh, that's his schedule. And then he kind of put a couple asterisks there because his schedule ch- de- uh, depends on the day, like all of us. Uh, Tuesday night is small group at his church for him, so he's part of that. So that changes up his schedule. And Thursday night, uh, he's involved in worship, and so um, he has worship team practice, all right? And that doesn't include, obviously, Sunday. You know, he's with his church and all that as well. So again, I guess I just asked, does any of this look at all familiar? I'm sure to many of us it does. And if not, I'm sure you can at least agree uh, this is a pretty normal schedule for a person living here in Korea or in a place like in the West, like in America. Maybe some of you are busier. Right? You're looking at the schedule and you're like, whoa, that's all that guy does? Right? Or maybe for some of you, you do less. And you're like, wow, is that what it's like to you know, have a full-time job, you know, to, to be married, to have kids and serve the church? Is that what it's going to take? Uh, but again, this is just a pretty normal schedule, pretty normal life, I'd say. The average, average American working, uh, working life. But what's interesting, it's interesting, take note of this with me is that even though, again, you can see there, Jesus is his first 
priority. He said that. That's what he said. But notice that his time with Jesus doesn't come close to comparing with the other things going on in his life. And so in some ways, from an outsider's perspective at least, without knowing this guy, right? someone looking at the schedule, looking at his priorities, they might say, maybe you would say, is Jesus really first in this guy's life? Is Jesus of first importance? Is Jesus his number one priority? And the question is, like, if not, then what should, he, what should he do? What should he change? And I've actually had these conversations before. A lot of these conversations actually here in Korea over the last seven years where people will ask me, how do I live fully for Jesus? How do I, be, how do I become a fully devoted follower of Jesus in Seoul? Right? I don't know how to make him number one in my life when I have all of these other things going on and all of these other things that I have to do. I had one, one student who was in university uh, recently. Uh, they're, they're trying to be a doctor. He's trying to be a doctor, and he asked me that question. How do I work as a doctor and be a fully devoted follower of Jesus at the same time? Right? It just doesn't seem like it's possible to do both, especially if you get married and, and you have kids on top of that. Where is the time for Jesus? How do you do this? And, and really, I think the question we, we'd ask from there then is, what does it even mean to put Jesus before my family? What does it mean to put Jesus before my career, before my school, before my friends? Because I think we can, we can all agree. We can all agree. Doesn't Jesus deserve as much or more time right, than our families, our school, and our work? And so again, what do we do? What do we do? Do we ignore our families to follow Jesus? Right? Do we quit school? Do we quit our jobs so that we can follow Jesus better? Right? I was actually seriously asked that question recently. Um, should I just quit school and, and, and just go on the mission field maybe? And maybe for some that's the answer. But is that what we should all do? What do we do? Do we neglect our friendships? And I think deep down, deep down, we all know this. But, but the answer to all of those questions is, of, of course not. Right? Of course not. But then, how do we make Jesus first? How do we make Jesus number one in 2021? Well, uh, I believe it starts with the right perspective. It starts with understanding that again, listen, listen, Jesus is in all things. You see, in, in our minds, we, we look at our lives and, and say things like this, all right? We'll, we'll say, okay, um, this is work time over here, right? Now it's time for my relationships, right? Me, my spouse, my kids, my, my friendships are over here. Now over here, it's like, it's, it's my time to eat, right? Um, and now that I've, that I've picked up the Bible, 
or, or I started to pray or, or went to a church building or attended a missional family. Okay, now it's Jesus time. Right? We tend to compartmentalize our lives, don't we? But I don't think that's how Jesus has called us to live. I mean, yes, yes, we certainly need to continually strive to give Jesus more of our time. Right? We need time alone with him in the word, in prayer. Right? Jesus gave us that example himself. But, but let's be real. Let's be real. For how many of us, how many of us is Jesus going to get the majority of our time? For how many of us is Jesus going to, to get more hours of my day than our, than our work or, or my school or, or our spouses or our kids? And so if we look at our lives that way, it's going to be difficult to put Jesus first in our lives. And so what if instead of separating Jesus from other parts of your life, what if instead you put Jesus, you made the decision to put Jesus in the center of every area of your life? What if you put Jesus in all things? And so then it's not Jesus, then my family, but Jesus in my family. It's not Jesus, then my job, but Jesus in my job. It's not Jesus, then my friendships, but Jesus in my friendships. Not Jesus, then eating, then working out, but Jesus in my eating and drinking and in my working out. You see, for Jesus to be first in my life, he needs to be at the center of my life. I think that's worth writing down, and so I'll repeat it. For Jesus to be first in my life, he needs to be at the center of my life. We need to put Jesus at the center. Because ultimately, the thing that's at the center of your life will become first in your life. You want Jesus to be first in your life? Put him at the center of your life. He holds everything together. He is the center of the universe, the center of everything that is good. And so let's put him there. Let's put him there. Jesus, Jesus is of first importance. He should be and deserves to be priority number one. And so let's make every aspect of our life about him and for him. So Paul says that Jesus surpasses all others. He says that he is of first importance. Jesus is first. And to put Jesus first in our lives, I, again, I believe the key is making Jesus central to every aspect of our lives, putting Jesus at the center. And now I want to talk about what that looks like a little bit more practically, a little more practically. What does it look like practically to, to live a Jesus-centered life? What does it look like when a person knows, understands, and desires for Jesus to be central, for Jesus to be over, above, and in all things in their life? And I'll say a few things about this point. First of all, first of all, we'll start here. That person will think about Christ. That person will think about Christ. 
Some of you are like, of course, of course, but let me explain. You see, a Christ-centered life, a life with Jesus at the center, really ultimately begins with realizing that he is the source of everything that we are. He created us. He is sovereign over us. He gifted us. He is the author of our stories. And every blessing that we receive comes from him. We can do nothing without him. In him, in Jesus, we live and move and have our being. Living with Jesus at the center starts with thinking about Jesus. Listen to Colossians 3, starting in verse 1. Paul says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And then listen here, listen. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Think about Jesus. Set your mind on Christ. Put your thoughts on him and on the things of the kingdom. We have to, Paul says, place our thoughts there. And that takes intentionality, right? You know, a lot of times, uh, the problem with our thinking, the problem with our thinking is that we don't think about our thinking. We don't think about our thinking. But here in Colossians, the Apostle Paul is calling us to think about what we think about. And so let's ask ourselves, as we enter into this new year and look back on 2020, what do we tend to think about? What's your mind's natural default? Because here's what I know. Here's what I know. When you're crazy about someone or something, right? Maybe it's a person, a place, uh, sports, right? Your kids, maybe it's pizza. I don't know, whatever it might be, right? As human beings, we will always, always filter everything in our lives, everything through the people or things that we care about the most, right? Don't we do that? Maybe you've, you've, you've done this before. You visit a place, right? Maybe it's a really great restaurant or maybe it's a, a great cafe, right? And what comes to your mind? What comes to your mind like right away, especially if that person's not there, you'll be like, oh, I need to show him this place. I really need to, I really need to show her, right, that, that dish, or I want her to experience that coffee, right? She would, she would love it, right? Or for me, like, I, I, love, I love sports. I love sports. And because of that, a lot of times, uh, some of you think this is sad, others of you are like me, but a lot of times my schedule can revolve around game time, right? The game of the week, right? The Buffalo Bills, for example, uh, they're my favorite team. Uh, football team, for those of you not familiar uh, with uh, the National Football League. But uh, if they're playing, for example, at 6 a.m. on Monday morning here in Korea, because the time difference, I need to be up at 5.55 a.m. to be ready for the game. That happens uh, regularly for me. Right? We revolve our lives. We filter our lives, particularly our thoughts 
around the people and things that we most deeply love and care about. And so again, is your mind fixed on Christ? Is Jesus your default? This takes, again, it takes intentionality, but a person with Jesus at the center of their lives is a person who sets their mind on Jesus. Number two, number two, they will repel sin. They will repel sin. A Christ-centered person or a Christ-centered life has one ultimate goal, just one, that Jesus gets all the glory. All the glory. It's certainly not wrong to pursue other personal goals, right? Nothing wrong with changing your diet, uh, attempting to read a book a month in 2021, right? Uh, Run, make it a goal to run four days a week this year, maybe to try uh, a new food in 2021. Maybe that's one of your goals or to see a new place. For some of you, you want to skydive in 2021, right? Whatever your goals might be, but those are okay. Those are, those are, there's nothing wrong with that. But the glory of Christ, the glory of Jesus needs to be the ultimate goal. It needs to be, let's say it this way, it needs to be the compass that gives everything else direction. And a large part of making that a reality is making the decision to throw off sin. To throw off sin. If you want Jesus to be the center, to be known, honored, worshipped, and followed, Uh, to be the supreme core of everything, then we need to put away, put away anything and everything that doesn't fit with him and things that steal his glory. We just read part of Colossians 3. Paul told us to think about Jesus, to set our minds on him and the things of the kingdom. And then look at what it says next. It's verse 5, same chapter. He says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Paul goes on to say in the next few verses, put off the old self. He says, put away, put away all sin. Throw off all that stuff that doesn't just fit with Jesus-centered living. And so for you, for you, what are the things in your life that tend to creep in and pull you away from Jesus? What are the areas of your life that you still need to surrender to Jesus? A person with Jesus at the center is a person who is actively removing themselves and everything else from the center of their lives. Everything that hinders them uh, for, for living for Jesus and giving Jesus glory. And then a final point I'll make here. What does it look like for a, for a person to live a Jesus-centered life? Number three, they will put on Christ. They will put on Christ. Uh, we're just moving through uh, Colossians 3 here now. But in verse 10, Paul said we need to, again, put on the new self. That's what he says there. And then starting in verse 12, he says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. 
bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. This is what it looks like to put on Christ. And so I'll say it this way. A Jesus-centered person is dressed this way. They're dressed this way. They look like this. They're defined by these things that we just read. They live with a fear of the Lord. They are sensitive to the Holy Spirit in their lives. And everything that they do is filtered through the question, would this, would this thought, would this action, would it please the Lord? So for example, uh, when when they go to work or school, they, they go with a thankful heart. They go with a mindset of a faithful servant, trusting God, seeking to honor him in their work and looking for opportunities to show and share the light of the gospel in that place. When they meet a friend, a Jesus-centered person, when they meet a friend, they have, they have the right vision for that relationship. And that vision should be that the relationship would bring both people, both, closer to Jesus. That's the goal. That's the purpose of our relationships. The way that they walk, talk, eat, drink, everything for for a Christ-centered person, gospel-centered person, everything is about Jesus and for Jesus. It all comes back to him. They put on, they put on Christ. That's what it looks like for a person who has placed Jesus at the at the throne of their lives or on the throne of their lives. It's all about Jesus. And in that, in that, there, there will be, there is transformation happening in all areas of life. There will be less worry, more joy, more contentment, more peace, more grace, more mercy, more generosity, and more love. Listen, you know, 2021 will be, it will be truly filled with new beginnings. It will, it will be a year full of true joy, true hope, if we place Jesus in the center of our lives. And so here's my question for all of us this morning. When it comes to your life, again, what's first and foremost? What's first and foremost? What's priority number one for you? What's most essential? Who or what do you revolve your life around? My prayer for all of us as we enter into this year, as we move into 2021, is that Jesus would be the motivation for everything that we do. That his glory would be our ultimate goal that we would aim to put Jesus on the throne of our hearts and lives. A lot of things, a lot of things this year, a lot of things are going to compete for center stage in your heart this year. You might have a a lot of goals. Uh, You might want to take a step up in your career. Some of you want to pick up a new hobby. Some of you want to have more fun than 2020. Uh, Some of you want to make more money. Some of you want to travel more this year. 
uh, maybe watch more sports. Some of you want to meet this year. You want to meet the perfect someone. Some of you want to finally get yourself in shape. Others of you want to spend more time. You, you're, you're making a resolution to spend more time with family and friends. And again, all those things are good things. There's nothing wrong with those goals. But if they become your center, if they become your center, you'll be left unsatisfied and just looking towards and forward to 2022. 2020 was tough. It was difficult. I believe we all want a better 2021. We all want to flourish this year. And the good news is, the good news is, it can happen if we just put Jesus at the center. The only answer, the only answer for this year is Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, the creator of everything, the pre-existent one, the sustainer of all things, the head of the church, the firstborn from the dead, the preeminent one, which means that Jesus, Jesus, he is the Lord of lords, the Lord of all. Everything is for him. Everything revolves around him. He is in all things. So let's make our New Year's resolution this year to put Jesus first by putting him in the center. Put Jesus first by putting him in the center. Because whatever is at the center of your life will become first in your life. Let me pray for you.